السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين أما بعد يقول الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الناس كلوا مما في الأرض حلالا طيبا ولا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان إنه لكم عدو مبين إنما يأمركم بالسوء والفحشاء صدق الله العظيم Honorable علماء Respected elders Brothers Mothers and sisters Today in my talk, I'd like to speak about the scourge of drugs and its crippling effect on society. And I'd like to start off by saying that we often think that it's not happening in my life. It's not happening in my home. It's not happening within my immediate circle. It's not happening within my social circle. And so, we think and we believe that it's not real. We feel that there's no such things as drugs, as alcohol abuse and substance abuse. We live in oblivion and we think that there's a very small percentage of people that's actually caught up in this crisis. But if one looks closer, if one analyzes the situation in the community and the ummah at large, you would realize it's a different picture altogether. Muslims who are drug lords, Muslims who are drug merchants, Muslims who are drug peddlers, and Muslims who are consumers at the end. So we find young and old, educated and uneducated, married and non-married, the rich, the poor, the middle class, the males and the females are all at times caught in the scourge of drugs. There is no discrimination. You find rich people hooked onto drugs. You find poor people hooked onto drugs. You find boys hooked onto drugs. And you find girls also hooked onto drugs. You find the young also, you find the elderly also. You find them in all colors. You find them in all shapes. You find them in all forms. People are hooked onto drugs, alcohol, and substance abuse. And let's try to understand this as a community at large. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran? What is the address of Allah in the Quran in terms of this? I've selected one verse from the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ كُلُوا مِمَّا فِي الْأَرْضِ حَلَالًا طَيِّبًا Allah is addressing humanity. Allah is not addressing Muslims only. Allah is addressing humankind at large. And Allah is saying, O humanity, eat that which is halal, number one. And number two, eat, eat that and consume that which is pure and wholesome. Now, if you closely analyze why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has exhorted and emphasized on eating halal, 
and eating with that which is pure and wholesome. Because psychologists tell us and experts tell us that whatever you consume, whatever you intake into your body has a profound impact on your system, has a profound impact on your psyche and has a profound impact on your outlook to life. If you are consuming halal, if you are consuming pure and wholesome food and, and if you are taking intake that which is halal and pure, it will have a positive impact on your psyche. It will have a positive impact on your system. A person will be spurred on to doing good. A person will be automatically active in his ibadah because of the good energy that he's receiving from the food that he's consuming. That is why experts tell us that junk food is extremely detrimental to your health, to your system, and to your psyche. Because junk food does not service the system wholesomely. You find a person will munch onto a burger, chips, and cool ring. Half an hour later, he's hungry again. And his system is asking for more. Why? Because it's not wholesome. And Allah is saying, whatever you consume, number one, let it be halal. Number two, let it be wholesome. And a person who eats pure and halal sustenance, his ibadah, his acts of worship is also accepted. His dua that he makes is also accepted. The hadith of the Rasul of, Rasul of Allah sallallahu states that the man is crying in front of Allah with his hands extended to the skies and is beseeching Allah. He is imploring Allah and is asking him for dua and asking Allah of his needs. But his dua is not accepted. Why? The hadith says that this man is consuming haram. He's drinking haram. And he's wearing clothes which are, which are coming into his possession through haram. How is his ibadah? How is his worship going to be accepted in the court of Allah? So this verse highlights the importance of consuming that which is halal and the importance of consuming that which is wholesome. Now imagine the opposite. Imagine consuming haram. Imagine consuming liquor. Imagine consuming drugs. And that which is not pure, that which is not wholesome, imagine the effects of that on your system, on your psyche, and your outlook to life. Your ibadah is not accepted. Number two, it impacts on your psyche. Ask people who are hooked onto drugs. When they experience the so-called high, they want to live on that high for the rest of their lives. When a person consumes drugs, he experiences this ecstasy. He feels he's on planet Mars, communicating with species other than humankind. He feels like he's swimming in the desert. 
He feels like he's swimming in the mirage that he sees in front of him. He feels like he's flying in the sky without wings. That's the kind of high he experiences in his life when he's consuming drugs. Look at the impact on his psyche. This man, when he returns from planet Mars to planet Earth, he is suicidal. Ask any person who's hooked onto drugs, what do they feel after that substance has diminished in his system? Once it's like a cool ring, when you open the bottle, when the gas is out, when that kick is gone, you feel suicidal. You don't feel comfortable. You have weird thoughts. And so what you are consuming into your system has a profound impact on what is happening in your life. And so we need to understand that drugs and its, and its crippling effect on society, how it is destroying our youth. You talk to that youngster, his mind is somewhere else. He's absent-minded. He wants to feel high again and he will pay any price to feel high again. He will steal, he will pawn, he will kill, he will loot, he will hijack just to sustain and maintain his cravings and his habit. So when Allah made drugs haram, when Allah made alcohol haram, it wasn't for the sake of making it haram. Rather, it was out of compassion. It was out of mercy unto mankind that Allah made drugs haram. It was unto mercy unto mankind that Allah made alcohol haram. Look at the case of society in which drugs are consumed. There's no security there. You don't feel safe in that community. Anytime my belongings can go, anytime my possessions can, could be taken off me, that community is not safe. So when Allah makes a certain thing haram in Sharia, it is out of mercy unto mankind and not to make it difficult unto people. So number one, drugs destroys your psyche, destroys your logic and your reasoning. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala used to say, I do not consume liquor because it destroys the reasoning of men. And this is the one differentiating factor between the mankind and the animal kind. Allah has blessed us with intellect. But when a man consumes liquor, when a man consumes drugs, it destroys the reasoning and the intellect of a person. That's number one. Number two, it destroys your system inside. You ask a drug addict, run for a few minutes, he'll be huffing and puffing within two or three meters that he run because he cannot control the system inside of him. It's finished. It's damaged. His lungs are unable to cope. An apple a day keeps the doctor away is for that person whose immune system is intact. But for that man who has destroyed his immune system inside, not even 10 apples a day will help him because the system inside has been destroyed. It's rotting slowly. 
Today we are young, our system can combat and fight the illnesses of outside. But as we age, and as we go deeper into drugs, and we go deeper onto alcohol, it's destroying our system inside. Five years down the line, our system will be finished. You'll find a person, he cannot run, he cannot do tasks which other people can undertake because of the system destroyed inside. So it destroys the system inside. Number three, it destroys your relationships. Nobody is willing to employ a drug addict. No employer in his right mind will employ a person who is hooked onto drugs. I'm not talking about ex-drug addicts who have come out clean. I'm talking about people who are hooked onto drugs. Number, secondly, in relationships, nobody will give you their son or their daughter if they know that you are hooked onto drugs. Which father in his right mind or which mother in her right mind will say, here's my daughter or here's my son, it's okay, you can continue with your addiction. Nobody will give you their daughter or their son. Thirdly, you will not find friends in a broader circle who are not onto drugs that will associate with you because they also are scared of their reputation. Fourthly, your reputation is at stake. People line up at court to fight for their character and their name. They say, you know, character defamation. My name has been brought under disrepute. Have you seen people willingly buy disgrace and humiliation by getting involved into drugs? When a person is in drugs, when a person is into alcohol, he is buying shame, humiliation and disrespect willingly. Where do you see that happening in the world? So your name is gone. Your reputation is tarnished. Nobody is willing to give you a job. Nobody is willing to give you a girl or a son for marriage. And the worst of all, you feel suicidal. And it is so dangerous at that moment, you'll end up cutting yourself. You'll end up hurting yourself just to satisfy your craving. And it goes on, in order to satisfy your craving, in order to maintain your craving, you need money. Today you got capital, today you got money, today you got income, but tomorrow you will not have that. So what will be your ultimate result? You're going to resort to stealing. You'll start stealing from your own house. I've dealt with youngsters and parents and homes where the mothers and fathers are crying, Mulana, I see 100 rands, 200 rands, 300 rands going missing from my own house. It starts from your own house. Then, slowly, when there's no money inside the house, you start pawning things in your, in your possession. You start pawning items in your house. When that comes to an end, you start stealing from the neighbor's house and the next house and the next house and you start stealing from your own community and loved ones. When that stops, you now go to the next level. You'll kill, you'll loot, you'll rob, you'll do anything 
to get money to satisfy your craving. To the extent our own girls are selling their dignity, are selling their bodies to maintain their own cravings. They'll sleep with a man to buy a drug, to buy a pill, to get hooked onto whatever they are. You'll see boys selling their dignity just to satisfy their cravings. It's a real world out there. It's happening. We need to wake up. We need to broaden our horizons. We need to understand the scourge of drugs and its reality. How many marriages have been destroyed because of alcohol and drugs? What relationship do you enjoy with your wife? What relationship do you enjoy as a father with your daughter and your son? What relationship do you enjoy with your family members? There is no relationship. There is no satisfaction. Our homes have been destroyed because of drugs. And we need to, we need to actively work against the scourge of drugs and what's happening to society. In these last few minutes, I want to speak about solutions. Number one, if it is happening under your eye and under your roof, you cannot condone it. You know, you find many parents, Malala, you know, we, satis we are satisfying our son's cravings, or our daughter's cravings within the confines of our own home. We don't want our child to take this out of the house. So there are parents who are buying the drugs for their children. There are parents who are buying the alcohol for their children, thinking that we'll keep it within our own circle and we'll contain it within our own circle. It, not, it must not go out. Remember, today you can afford the addiction. But tomorrow when you don't have money to buy the things that they are craving for, they will be the first people to turn against you. They will be the first people to harm you. No matter how many years, no matter how many months, no matter how many uh, lunar calendars that you supported them for their addiction, they are going to turn on you because they needed to survive. And so don't think as a community and don't think as a parent, as a guardian, I will contain it within my own home. That's a, that's a fallacy. That's a dream. That's not the reality. I tell you, it will get worse than that. So number one, do not condone the habit in your home. Number two, do not deny the problem. Acknowledge that there's crisis in your son's life. Acknowledge that there's crisis in your daughter's life. Acknowledge that there's crisis in your partner's life. Acknowledge the problem. Number three, get professional help. There are many support groups out there, alhamdulillah. There are many counselors out there. There are many ex-drug addicts who have overcome this problem and who can help you out today and they can help you overcome and outgrow this problem also. Number four, as a community, we have a role to play. And that starts from our homes. As parents, we need to have healthy relationships with our children. We see where there's drugs involved. 
there's a break in communication between parents and children. There, is, there isn't a healthy relationship between the guardian and the child. My father hates me. My mother dis despises me. My mother has discarded me. My father has thrown me out of the house. My father doesn't want to engage me. And so the son is hooked onto drugs. Children who come from broken homes are very vulnerable, are very susceptible, and they are on the verge of getting hooked onto drugs and alcohol because of not finding a stable home. And that is why I say to parents, help your children. Have a healthy relationship with your children. Have a good relationship with your daughters. Have a good relationship with your sons. And have that healthy relationship for this will help you protect your children from drugs and alcohol. But if you don't have a healthy relationship in your home, I'm afraid that they are vulnerable, they are susceptible, and they could be caught. Number five, in terms of solutions, people who are hooked onto drugs, it is extremely important for them to change their environment and to change the company that they are socializing with. Because essentially, your company and your environment has a profound impact on your life. If you are hooked onto the wrong person, if you are socializing, mixing with the wrong friends, they are only going to take you further and further into drugs and alcohol and womanizing and, and, and the list goes on. But if you have good fear, good friends, and good company, they will help you outgrow the problem that you find yourself in. Lastly, brothers and sisters, people who were previously addicted to drugs and alcohol, it is, ours, it is our responsibility as a society to embrace them, to give them space in our circle, to accommodate them in our masjids, to welcome them in our families and we cannot isolate them if a person has given up his bad practices if a person has given up his ill practices and his bad habits we don't have the license we don't have the liberty to taunt them or to bring them down in public hey how's it you know more pulling you know more sniffing it is our job to bring people closer to Allah. It is our job to give hope to people. If a person was addicted to drugs and he has made Tawbah from his previous life and he has come out clean, it is our responsibility to help him. It is our responsibility to give him hope. It is our responsibility to bring him closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We, we do not have the license to judge such people in life. If Allah has accepted him, who are we to judge? If Allah has given him space in his masjid, who are we to judge? We should never taunt, we should never ridicule, we should never scorn, we should never bring down anybody who is trying to change his life. Rather, we should be instruments of help and support for them. Let us try and support them. And let us give them encouragement to do better and to become better individuals in life. Everybody makes mistakes. His mistake 
is different to your mistake. He also sins. You also sin. It doesn't mean that he's sinning differently to you, that he is rejected from the mercy of Allah. He is also the servant of Allah. She is also the slave of Allah. Give her that respect and dignity and bring her closer to Allah. Bring her closer to Allah. Hate the sin, not the sinner. Hate the action, not the person. In this way, you will able to win people over and get them out of their addiction. May Allah preserve our youngsters. Amin, brothers. Say Amin. May Allah preserve our homes. May Allah preserve us from all these problems that we've spoken about today. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assist us and make us come out clean. وَمَا عَلَيْنَا إِلَّا الْبَلَاغِ Allahumma sallallahu alayhi wa sallam